0: We have a guest speaker this morning, one of our staff ministers. She's also the leader of the spiritual care team. She's a dear colleague and mentor, a woman passionate about this teaching and who lives with an open, loving heart. Please join me in welcoming Reverend Catherine McLeod. So it's the time of year to be centered and still and to come to this center to fill our cups to come to that place of stillness and peace and so I invite you to close your eyes if you feel like doing that to open your heart to quiet your mind to truly be here Centered in this teaching, in this love, in this infinite, ever giving intelligence that has created, is creating, and will create life. I know that I am, that we are one with the all of life. And in this season of love, of light, of snowflakes, of mystery, of magical moments. I claim this for myself, a deep peace, a deep knowing of the truth that God is all there is and all that I am. And from this place of love and peace, joy and abundance, I lead my life. I step into this season as a gift, as the thing itself, sharing love, sharing peace, sharing joy, and sharing abundance. I place this big idea into the law of life, and I know that it magnifies and returns and blesses us all. I claim that is my truth in this moment, and I invite you to know it too and to say with me, and so it is. I just feel always so propped up and held up by this music at the center. If I ever come here not feeling quite in the groove, I always move right into that divine place within when I listen to this music. We are so blessed. We've been blessed in this world by having so many wonderful leaders and I was looking in the journal this week and I saw a picture of Nelson Mandela with his fist up, victory and freedom, that famous sign of the South African leader who was in prison for 27 years, who is asked, I think, uh, over the past 10 years, Morgan Freeman, to play him when there's a movie about his life. And so this little article in the journal was really about that, about Morgan Freeman saying that uh, he is playing Nelson Mandela in a movie that's just out for the Christmas season. I'm a big fan of Nelson Mandela. I was a young mother in the late 60s and 70s and part of the peace movement, part of a group that organized peace marches and put on information sessions about what was happening in the world with a real focus on creating peace in our time and in our generation. And as a, as a group, I think, some of you are in that generation, and some of you are a lot younger than that generation, but we truly believed, I think, so many of us in our heart, that peace was possible, that that dream of peace on earth could become a reality. Nelson Mandela, when he got out of prison, and it seemed like a miracle that he became the president of a white South Africa, that he had the brilliance, the passion, the wisdom, and the love to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation, considering what he and his people had gone through. He served in prison for 27 years, an innocent man. His wife and children left behind people from all over the world, religious leaders from all over the world that supported and nurtured his family. He says that that time, that 27 years that he served in prison, transformed him. Probably is the reason that he had the deep power, the consciousness, the love, the wisdom to step into leadership. It seems like an impossible thing that someone who could have suffered, been so oppressed, could rise up out of those ashes and really inspire the whole world and continues to inspire the whole world. He's now a leader of elders, older people, the wise ones. I think they're all over 70 years old and they are mentoring and coaching today's leaders towards reconciliation and peace. I think about the legacy of peace that we have been given in our generation, the legacy of the Buddha, who was a prince, his father a warlord, a rich, powerful family, and he chose to walk away from it, to go on a pilgrimage, to sit and meditate, to try to figure out who he was, what the meaning of life was, and came to a place of enlightenment and went from that place out into the world to show others the path. Jesus, a young man who had the courage in his youth to challenge the authorities, those Jewish leaders, to reinterpret scripture, He lived a life of 33 years, and he left a legacy that will never be forgotten. His legacy was peace and love. The kingdom of God is within. Greater things than I have done, you can do and will do. The creator of all life and I are one. Jesus was a nonviolent advocate for change. He was a model of peace and love, but he was not a model of being passive. He had the courage to stand right up and walk right out into the world and preach his message and teach love. Gandhi, a prime minister's son in a kingdom state, educated in England to be a lawyer, hired by a British employer, worked in South Africa and saw for the first time oppression, took the front seat of a bus and was tossed out, tossed off, and started to get insight. The veil dropped from his eyes and he saw what was going on in South Africa and went back to India and for the first time really saw what was happening to his people. Stood up for women, the untouchables. Stood up for freedom. Took the message of Jesus and lived it. He had the courage, and I think it takes greater courage, to live a nonviolent. life stand up for peace kind of life. Martin Luther King, who took the message of Gandhi and Jesus and freed and led and changed the destiny of black people in the United States. And then, of course, Nelson Mandela, who took the teachings of the Vedic scriptures the Bhagavad Gita, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, took the message and experience and learning from Gandhi, from Martin Luther King, and put it together in such a powerful way that he's transformed our thinking. The Dalai Lama, who's been in exile from Tibet, One would think that he would have no power, no message, no ability to transform lives, no ability to really live his role as a Dalai Lama, and yet he's inspired the world with his message of peace and love. His message that even when his best friend was in a Chinese prison, his only time of feeling terrified was when he forgot for one moment that he and his jailer were one. We live at a time when we have had such opportunity, so many moments, so many leaders that inspire us and give us such a big idea of how life works and what we are able to really do. Remember Margaret Mead who said, never doubt that a small group of committed people can change the world. I think about the power of even one, In one of my ministerial classes, I think it was Reverend Kathleen Miller, gave a talk about Peace Pilgrim. And when I was Googling peace for this talk, Peace Pilgrim came up. Well, Peace Pilgrim was born in 1908 and lived until 1981. Peace Pilgrim was born in New Jersey on a farm and at the age of 30 decided that making money and the material life was not fulfilling. And so went into deep religious practice and study and developed a consciousness called, she called it, inner peace. But I think it was she became enlightened. And so she walked away from her life, from her job, from her resources, from her family, and she started a pilgrimage across the United States. She carried out that pilgrimage from the age of 45 until the age of 73. No money, no food, no shelter. And she said, I didn't ask. Einstein said, people who believe that the universe is safe, benevolent, nurturing, and friendly live a charmed life. The peace pilgrim believed that the universe was safe, was friendly, was abundant and benevolent. And so she lived her life never asking for anything but trusting the power of good in the universe. A woman, alone, she walked 25 thousand miles and then stopped counting. She went all through the United States many times. She came through all the provinces of Canada. She went through Mexico alone but never felt alone. Always felt that she walked on the energy of the universe. That's what she said. I walked on the energy of the universe, not on the energy of youth. Was she afraid? She said, I had done my spiritual practice before I started my pilgrimage. And so I had a deep knowledge and knowing that spirit walked with me and that I was in alignment with my life. Some of the things she talked about were our teaching. She said that God is all there is, that we are like cells in the body of God. And that when we are in complete alignment with our own belief in goodness. We are buoyed up, we are energized, we are vital, we are passionate and we are at peace within. She said that we can't change the world and create peace until we ourselves have inner peace. That peace starts within and then it moves out. If we want to know how we're doing, to look at our outer life, to look at our relationships. And if there's work to be done there, She said, just keep trying. She talked about responsibility and said, it's about how we respond to life, that life gives us problems, and they're really opportunities to grow and to learn. They're a gift. She said, keep your life simple. Don't have a lot of clutter and material things, because it clutters up your mind. She said, eat healthy. Get some sunshine. Go for a walk. She said, if you're depressed, put beautiful pictures around you, play beautiful music, eat well, get lots of sleep. Set yourself a nice routine of the day and do it. But she said the most important thing for all of us to know is that something in us does know what we think is good. Take time to be silent take time to ask that question. What do I believe? What do I think is good? What are my values? And she said, then live them. And you'll know when you're not, because you'll know how you feel. And when you're living your values, your goodness, you'll have inner peace. I think that one of the reasons I was attracted to the Peace Pilgrim, is because my husband, Norman and I did a pilgrimage. Now, she walked 25,000 miles. Norm and I walked 500 kilometers. It seemed very long and very challenging. We took the Camino Trail across northern Spain. It's an ancient 7th century pilgrimage. It's the third most traveled pilgrimage in the world. The first is Mecca, the next is Jerusalem, and Santiago de Compostela under the Milky Way is the third. It's a spiritual pilgrimage. Norm and I flew into France and traveled by train to southern France and we crossed the Pyrenees in our first day on the trail. It was the first week of May, probably the 2nd of May. The Pyrenees are big. They're high and they're long. And it took us um, all, all day and probably into the evening. Well, we got in before supper time, but it felt endless and we hit a blizzard. It was sleet and snow and rain and we carried everything that we were going to need for the next five weeks on our back. Too much of everything, actually. And it was quite an eye-opener to think the pilgrim, the peace pilgrim, walked alone. She walked all seasons. She walked without money. We had money. She walked without a place of shelter that was assured. We had refugios or monasteries that were set up for the pilgrims along the trail. We knew that at any point we could opt out of this pilgrimage and stay in a nice hotel with a soft bed and a warm bath, and we did sometimes. We know that we could opt out of the pilgrim's meal and go and sit in a nice restaurant or eat tapas at a bar in an outside restaurant, and sometimes we did that. But the pilgrimage was spiritual, and it was transformative. We saw people there from all over the world, women who'd come on their own at probably about the same age I was to find themselves, to find their inner power and their strength, to really see if they could live life on their own. We saw couples who were walking the Camino to rebuild their relationship, we saw a mother and her son. This mother had walked the Camino with each of her four sons, and this was her youngest. And she was doing this last hike to send this child out into the world. She was very generous. She spoke fluent Spanish, and she helped us often to translate things and to point out little tips that made our journey easier. And we met her about three quarters of the way along the trail and she had been injured, she had phlebitis and she wasn't able to complete this journey with this son. And I couldn't help but think, it's sort of a metaphor of life that we have to send our children out to their adventure and sometimes we'd like to walk with them or for them. But her son knew that he too had his own journey to take, and he took it, and she blessed him. And she finished it, riding the bus and uh, taking just the last few steps on her own to join him in Santiago. We saw firsthand that this universe is safe, is abundant, is nurturing, because we were nurtured so often by people on the trail. We know that people around the world are friendly. That everything in life conspires for our good. It really is a matter of having the attitude of the heart, of looking for the good, of being open to receiving the good. I did forget that sometimes when we were trying to sleep with 70 some people in one room on a three-tiered bunk bed and people snored so loud. My feet were throbbing. I was exhausted. I'd walked all day, and this snoring was just relentless. And Norm, bless his heart, was on a top bunk, and the snorer was by him, and he reached over, grabbed her, sleeping, or grabbed her mattress, and shook her bed. She woke up, and we had five minutes of silence before the snoring <laughs> resumed. But it was transformative, a wonderful, time of our life and it was we did it to really mark Norm's transition into retirement to really say we're now going to start on a whole new journey together I often think in this world where there is so much unrest in each of us sometimes and as this Christmas season approaches sometimes in our families sometimes we need to be a Nelson Mandela and forgive and be ready to reconcile sometimes we need to be Jesus and say that the kingdom is within me And that the greatest gift we can give each other is to love. Sometimes we do need to stand up. Sometimes we do need to sit down. Sometimes we need to learn to speak up without causing a war. Sometimes we just need to get over it and be like the Tao and let it move past us. So in this season of love, in this season of opportunity to truly create a world, a world that we can live together in, in peace, a world where we have such wonderful diversity of culture, of spirituality, so much abundance, there really is enough in this world to feed, clothe, and shelter everyone. This teaching is such a great gift and has been a transformative thing in my life because it really says you have the power within you to create the life experience your heart desires. My heart desires peace, love, forgiveness, And whether we take a pilgrimage, or whether we sit in silence, whether we read the Christmas story this season, or whether we simply bless our Muslim friends, our Hindu friends, our Buddhist friends, and our Christian friends, our Jewish friends, we are one. We are the cells of God. Whatever happens to one of us, happens to all of us. An ancient Persian poet, Hefez, said, why just ask the donkey in me to speak to the donkey in you when I have so many other beautiful animals and brightly colored birds inside that are all longing to say something wonderful to your heart? Another poem by Hefez, I think, really says it for me too. The tide of my love has risen so high. Let me flood over you. Close your eyes for a moment. And maybe all of your fears and fantasies will end. If that happened, God would become an infant in your arms. And then you would have to nurse all creation. Morgan Friedman said to Nelson Mandela, If I'm going to play you, I have to be close to you. I have to be close enough to you to hold your hand. Now, that's not just for friendship, because I find that if I hold your hand, I get your energy. It transfers. And I have a sense of how you feel. And that's important to me in trying to be another person. In this season of love, may our hearts be so close, so attached, so filled with love and energy that it transfers out into all the world, into the cosmos, and it radiates throughout all of life, throughout all of us. May we nurse this wonderful world that we have to peace and to love and may your season be filled with grace namaste thank you, thank you.